on the cover, a white woman in a very low-cut shirt, big loose coat, and pirate hat poses with two pistols, smirking at the viewer. Beneath her, a submarine floats in Paragon Bay, and Drew, Eden, and Gray stand on top of it, back-to-back, ready for a fight. In the water, silhouettes of sharks, birds, and a fox circle the submarine. Wonderworld Comics proudly presents Thirst Traps and Death Traps, a Halloween special. Prepare yourself, dear reader, for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This is Wonder World Comics. Awesome. So we're going to open our comic. There's a little editor's note that says now. Uh, and we're starting with an extreme close-up of Drew's eyes. Closed. He's got a like a domino mask on. Uh, and in the next panel, they like snap open. And the frame has sort of widened to show his whole face. Um, there's like a, a cut on his head that's bleeding and he like gasps as he wakes up. And then there's another wider shot showing he's on like a wooden floor. Uh, there's seems to be like painted um, with some sort of like compassy kind of symbols. And then there's like a big full wide shot down looking at him lying on this floor that's got a compass painted on it. But he's not alone because lying with like their heads in the center of Eden and Gray as well. So Drew kind of like sits up, touching his like aching head. There's some groaning from behind him as Gray and Eden are also kind of waking up. And all three of you are in costumes, but not your own. You're in Halloween costumes. So I would like each of you to describe like what you have gone to for Halloween this you know, this issue. Um, we'll start with Drew because he's the one who just woke up. What are you wearing? So I've been thinking about like where Drew's been at lately, and I think he's been doing pretty well, actually. Like he's kind of got like this farsec thing going, you know, that he's not like s- super happy with, but he's making it work for him and like still able to do some good. He like had an awesome week just like hanging out with Eden and some other people in the Baywild and just like, uh, I don't know. He's kind of like, I think he's like, he he's definitely in denial about like that. He might kind of like her, but I think he also might be aware of the fact that he's in denial and just be okay with that. <laughs> um, Breaking the denial is anyway. the first step. Yes. <laughs> yep. 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 Anyway, uh, his costume tonight is he knows he knows Moonflower is going to be there, and so this is kind of uh, like if if she thinks this is like funny, then he thinks like she, you know, they might they might have a shot, but um, <laughs> you know, depending on how well she takes it. But anyway, uh, so he's got found he's dug up one of his old super suits from his early early days when he had just like left working with his dad and started on his own just completely by himself but trying to uh just make a name for himself as as a hero um so yeah it's kind of in his early beacon days but uh so he took the the gold like yellow shrike symbol off the front it it, he his suits back then were like black with like armored darker black panels but uh drew's actually kind of crafty and um so he found like one of his old like hoodies that's kind of purplish and cut it up and uh like replaced some of the darker black paneling with it and found like this like rain jacket that's black um that has one of those hoods on it that you can zip off and like folds into the collar and then he's uh like attached that to the back of the super suit and strapped just like a brown belt around his chest like a bandolier because that's just what he had lying around but yeah He's going as the uh, the heroic leader of the Midnighters, Moonflower. Oh my god, we love a, a crafty <laughs> cosplaying king. <laughs> he made it himself. It's so cute. Uh, uh, sorry. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, awesome. Thank you, Drew, for sharing that with us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then we're going to go over to Eden. Eden, what are you wearing for Halloween tonight? 
Yeah, so Eden and Drew have the same two brain cells. Um, I guess. <laughs> and she also knew he was going to be at this party. I think she beforehand jokingly said something about going to the party as something like truly horrifying. Um, so she's there in Shrike cosplay. Um, but <laughs> she is uh, very, very obviously in denial. If, you know, you've been following all. She's very obviously in denial about being interested in him. And she is in denial about being in denial. There's like several layers of denial here. Um, <laughs> so she like <laughs> didn't, she didn't want to like make it look like she was trying too hard. Um, so while Drew has this like very nice homemade costume, she went to Celebration USA and grabbed the first strike costume she could find only to realize that she was getting ready for the party that um, this this like cheap and it's not actually a Shrike costume from Celebration USA. It's bird themed hero because they, you know, copyright. Obviously, obviously. Yeah, so it's on the, on the, it says bird themed hero on the package. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't realize until she was putting it on that it was like sexy Shrike cosplay. <laughs> so it's, um, it, her, her first thought was that there was not, like, it's quite short and there's not enough places to hide knives. Um, and it seems very impractical. And I don't think it occurred to her, it, like, <laughs> some people might not be sexy on Halloween. She's ace and practicality is a king. But by that point, it was a little late. So, yeah, she, she's there in a Shrike costume, but it's looks great on her. <laughs> <laughs> what little costume there is looks great on her. Uh, incredible and then we're gonna round it out with Grey poor Grey in a room with these two knuckleheads what are you wearing Grey? Grayson unlike these other two just called Mariel and had her commission his outfit because he is not going to be putting extensive effort into attending an Alistair family yacht party Especially for Halloween, not personally at least. He'll throw a little cash at it for sure. And he is wearing a Dark Fox outfit. He is in a black leather Eisenhower jacket and a very stylized fox mask that is. Dark Fox's actual mask is like a like a Japanese stylized uh like fox mask that's painted with like uh kabuki theater face paint and before everyone jumps on me about like you know in traditional japanese kabuki theater they don't they just paint their faces they don't wear masks um dark fox doesn't know that uh <laughs> can you cause he's been previously corrected on the ins and outs of <laughs> in any period japanese theater <laughs> mm no one has ever said anything <laughs> about that. <laughs> More importantly than any of that, uh, the one little detail he did make sure to get right about his costume is he is a scion and he has a particular move, all the best stuff. And he's compiled lists of caches in different spots around the city where heroes and villains have stashed stuff and he made sure to get Dark Fox's Techno Katana before this event to really polish off the look. He may or may not return it later. He kind of likes the grip. Authenticity. Like like, doing a costume would be too much effort, but also stealing Dark Fox's sword totally on the table. Yeah, I mean, and I that's need to already point made. out that this is him trying to be really edgy. I'm sure some people were pretty upset about Dark Fox dropping the city's interplanetary defense skyship. Yeah. So. Trying to get a reaction. Exactly. Yeah. He always has to be the center of attention, no matter how he gets the attention. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, awesome. So we've got. 
Drew in his homemade moonflower costume. We've got Eden in bird-themed superhero sexy costume. And then we've got Grey in, like, what could literally be confused for the actual Dark Fox costume. Like, that good. And with the literal real Dark Fox sword. For listeners who may not remember, because it's been a while, Dark Fox uh, has shown up a couple of times and left Eden some, like, notes and calling cards and things. He's like a thief. Information collector. Yeah, he's kind of new on, like, the the information brokering scene, but he has incredibly good information and no one knows how he gets it. He's only been seen on panel in a grainy security security camera video. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and Eden Eden's like investigating him. So anyway, we'll we'll come back to that. She's um, so busy investigating him that that's part of why she spent no time on her costume, in fact. <laughs> sure. That's why. That not because she didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> um, she is legitimately preoccupied, but also. <laughs> yeah sweet so yeah so the three of you in your costumes that aren't your costumes uh aren't your superhero costumes uh are all waking up you seem as you looks like you're in like an office like there's a desk with a bunch of papers on top of it um there's like a big map on the wall there's like a piano in here um that looks really old uh there are bookshelves um what are you guys kind of like doing as you wake up in this strange room well, you didn't this, look at Drew and see if he looks like he knows what's going on. Well, this party just got a whole lot less fun. Uh, Drew's, uh, yeah, kind of holding his head, kind of getting to his feet, and kind of just taking in the room around him. Is there a mirror anywhere in the room? I don't think there's a mirror, but there's definitely like um, paintings that have glass covering them, so you could probably see your reflection in that. If that's what you're hoping Grayson, to look at. <laughs> yes. Grayson is writing his, his appearance in whatever reflective surface. Well, yeah, sweet. <laughs> you might as well get ready for your ransom photo. Ever been kidnapped before? That's all as he, you know, fixes his appearance. He's getting ready for his ransom photo. I love that. <laughs> he, he asks if, if they've ever been kidnapped before. And Eden says, not successfully. Uh, I've usually been the one helping Black Falcon kidnap someone. Grayson's eyebrow is raised at Eden, but uh, like this would be a spit-take moment if he had a drink. Catches himself, if anything, maybe these two observant individuals notice like his shoulders tighten in this eisenhower style jacket and it it tenses uh sweet so as uh the three of you are sort of like engaged in this like awkward moment about like ransom you hear like some static and then like a oh what the which 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 button is it did he Oh, he told me, but I've... And then there's, like, a um, really high-pitched, like, feedback sound. And all of a sudden, there there is, like, a, a TV in the corner that you maybe didn't notice before, and it, like, comes on. And on it is is a woman in a pirate hat, like, quite close to the camera, like, old people when they're trying to figure out how to work Zoom. She's not that old. She's, like, in a... Uh, like late 20s but she's just like oh, what the is this i think this is can you can you guys you can see me right oh god i will take that as a yes and then she like sits back and like straightens up her shoulders and she's like <clears throat> children of the rich and famous it's time to extend your education you might need to take notes for this one and then there's like some clicking as she's like god oh, what did Ah. Is there anything in the room to take notes on? I mean, there's a bunch of papers on the desk <laughs> and some pens and stuff. Eden is determined to get a good grade in being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Eden, Eden is going to take notes. 
Grayson is just tapping his foot. He's been through this song and dance before. As a child of a real estate magnate that's not well liked, he has been held for ransom at least once in the villain-filled city of New Olympus. You uh, you doing okay back there, lady? Have you? It's usually the big red one. I don't know if this is your first time villaining or whatever. She like glares at the screen, and then there is like a a hissing sound as the 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 like painting that Gray was using to adjust his appearance like flips around really quickly uh, mechanically, and then on the back of it is like a, a clock countdown that's at like half an hour. So there's like a yeah thirty zero. What would it be? Zero zero thirty zero zero kind of digital clock, which looks very out of place in this, and uh, and she just kind of like clucks her tongue and she's like, "Well, for that, I'm taking away half your time." You didn't write that down. <laughs> <laughs> now listen here, my students, of whom you are not, but you are today, always wanted more hands-on learning. So how about this? If you don't solve this room in half an hour, thanks to your moonflower friend, I'm going to drop you from the bottom of this submarine into the ocean. How does that sound? Wait, no. Do you? We have money. You get that, right? You want money? We have money. Can we get this over with? Oh, oh, money? You think this is about money? <sighs> It's always about I should have known. I should have known you were on a yacht. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, there's more important things than money, kid, and uh, this is one of them. So, this is your history lesson. Enjoy, or enjoy the bottom of the ocean. And then the TV, well, the TV kind of like uh, statics out for a second, and then comes back, and she's like, ah. "Oh wait, fuck!" And then she's like pressing buttons, and then it does disappear. Was she shifting her labels there, Gray? Ooh, yeah, maybe. I- I'm that's just asking. not a question for me. That's a question for the GM. Hello, I'm a GM. I know how to do things. Uh, where's labels? Let me find labels. Uh, yeah, so I do think that was a good suggestion. I think um, Professor Pirate is trying to shift Gray's superior down and his freak up. Ooh. Would you like to accept that? Yeah, if maybe not like he feels it about himself, this is definitely a weird situation, and he's realized he does not have the ability to control it with money, which is terrible. (laughs) I can only imagine what it's like to throw money at problems and it'd be endless, but I'm sure it's nice, and he's had that his whole life, so this is jarring. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Awesome, so uh, your countdown has begun. 2959 and then it's it's ticking down. I think I'd like to assess the situation. Yeah, that seems that seems pretty fair. <laughs> Roll uh plus your superior. That's a 12. Yep, okay. that'll do it. <laughs> Just barely though. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got three questions because uh, of your thing, right? Yes. Let's start with what here is the biggest threat. I would say the biggest threat is the woman on the screen. Uh, you don't exactly know like what her deal is, uh, but she does appear to have you, the three of you, trapped in this situation. Hey, um, how could we best end this quickly? Yeah, good question. Interesting question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <gasps> hmm. Hmm. What do I tell you? So I think um, as you sort of uh, like look around at this room, and because she said you know you have to solve something, you assume there's some kind of puzzle to solve. You assume that this is basically like an escape room. Um, so you think that maybe like either the best way to end this quickly would be to. Uh, find the hidden door you're supposed to open and just like open it without solving the puzzle because you assume that's kind of how escape rooms go, right? There's a hidden door somewhere that you have to open or you could, uh, I suppose, try to like 
break through one of the walls if you can't find like a because there's no door in the room so yeah you assume that you if you if you wanted to skip the puzzle that she supposedly wants you to do um to get out quicker then yeah you could just kind of like try to brute force your way through got it and then finally what here can i use to find the first clue yeah so um as you're uh, looking around, wondering like, oh, what's what's the clue? What's the first clue? Um, you look at the compass that's on the uh, floor and the the countdown timer because kind of next to the countdown timer, there's like a little compass symbol. So as you're looking at the compass on the floor, you're like, oh, maybe that's the first clue. Maybe. Who can tell? The first clue. I have never been more afraid to quip in my entire life. That was Drew saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Gray's also afraid to quip right now. He's having an existential crisis. He can't buy his way out of this. And he has moved on from denial about that to anger. And he turns <laughs> toward Drew and says, So you, this is clearly your fault. You said Black Falcon. Yeah. Is that hero or your connection to him, the reason we're down here? Dude, do you think Black Falcon would spend time building a friggin' escape room? Clearly not, but your connection's pissed off this villain to the point where money's not going to get us out of it. And Grayson was trying to pierce someone's mask. Ooh! I am not insecure. I have a zero to mundane. Roll them dice. And I missed. <laughs> not even selfish team can save me now Mm. (laughs) yeah it's a two and a or a one and a four my friend i will very quickly mark my fifth and final potential and take the move the mask from the Giannis playbook in case any identity is revealed i will gain potential for that from this point forward Oh, the label, label that the mm-hmm. mask embodies for Grayson is danger. Hell yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And so once a, I think it's once a day, you can swap your mask label with your mundane by affirming your hero or civilian identity. <gasps> so how does how does Drew react to this guy kind of getting in your face, trying to like, you know figure out who you are or blaming you for this situation my he's also kind of prodding to figure out because he's obviously a black falcon protege himself gray recognizes drew and eden from that party it's going to affect their interactions yeah oh yeah he's treating them as if he recognizes them i was assuming you guys were pretty well, I was pretty sure. I just wanted to make sure that. Yeah. Does Shrike know? Or is he just thinking no. some edgy punk mm-hmm. dressed as Dark Fox? This is um, this edgy punk Grayson who okay. insulted you at a gala and insulted. maybe you flirted with. You did the whole like lovebirds thing, right? I guess. It was more of an insulted. Haunting. He was mostly roasting. Haunting is fair. Yeah. Certainly taunted them. My connections. Aren't you the son of like a literal mob boss or something? Maybe Drew's trying to pierce Grayson's back. Uh, He's like, yeah, Drew's researched on you. (laughs) Yeah, I can't get away from my father, but. And he just kind of like is depressed as he hears that come of his out of his mouth. He's like, I can't get away from my father and trails off just sullenly. <laughs> and Listen, yeah, I don't, if you were piercing my mask, I think he was about to, but after hearing that it totally throws him off guard. And instead he is just like, Hey, uh, listen, uh, I get it. Um, I don't, I'm not, you know, working with Black Falcon anymore. And it took a long time to realize that. 
was what I wanted and it took even longer to actually get away. So are you sharing a vulnerability? I think I might be sharing a vulnerability. Sounds like it. Oh my goodness. So when (laughs) the soldier shares a vulnerability or weakness with someone, ask them what cause they serve. If you find it to be a worthy cause, tell them how you will fight for it, clear a condition and add one team to the pool. If they don't have a cause or you find it unworthy, mark a condition. I guess, I don't know. I guess you got to just kind of keep fighting for something, you know, and figure out what it is you really want. What do you, you know, what is it you fight for? If I can't cut my connection with my father, I might as well bring his reputation crashing down. He deserves nothing less. And I mean, I don't know if you really pay attention to what goes on in the city, but uh, he's not a good guy. And the people of New Olympus deserve better, especially down in the burbs. So does uh, does Drew think that's a worthy cause? Just thank you. <laughs> also, if if Steve and Ryan could hear you now, Gray. Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, that that I can get, I can get behind. Uh, trying to fight against an injustice is how I got tangled up with that psychopath in the first place. Yeah. We just got to keep moving forward and and doing what we can. <laughs> yeah, and I'd hate to see what a uh, Black Falcon would do to that lady who put us down here, huh? One, he's seen what Black Falcon can do in person, but he's not admitting that here. I think it's pretty evident throughout New Olympus. People oh, know yeah. Black Falcon messes he's people. He's got a reputation. So, I mean, I guess if we're stuck down here and my money's not going to get us out of here, uh, there are worse people to be looking for us. Does well, Eden you're not wrong. think anything? Eden's solving the puzzle. This? Yeah, Eden, <laughs> Eden is... <laughs> Eden is noticed that people were talking about their feelings and immediately made herself busy elsewhere. She half listened to Drew talk about his feelings. She didn't care what Vice or what Gray had to say. <laughs> she did a little Drew selective just... listening and when she wasn't... When, when, <laughs> When Gray was talking, she was focused on the, the clue. Yes, the clue, Eden, has uh, has led you. Basically, you've been sort of like having a look at this. This big compass has uh, like none of the coordinates are really on it except for north. And that is pointing uh, to the desk where you were like taking notes. Um, and because, you know, the woman said you might want to take notes you're like oh maybe there's something to do on the desk um so eden i feel like is in her element which is like at a desk going through these papers to figure out like what clue is maybe hidden here um the all of the papers on the desk apart from the one that you picked up and started writing on which is blank all of the papers are sort of like they look like letters or love letters um they're just like really sappy, like, yeah, letters between lovers or from one lover to another, it looks like. They're all in the same handwriting. So Eden's knee deep in that. Can I, I want to find out more about these letters. I don't know if you want me to roll to assess the situation. No, no. That's okay. If you're, if you're just going to kind of like, you know, read through them and, and sort of like look okay. for what's going on. I guess with that's them. within my scope of abilities is to read. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think because, you know, you've read so many files, you're probably a pretty quick reader as well. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I just wanted to check. Are the boys going to do anything to help or are they just having a moment? I think Drew's gotten up and is looking around, not necessarily at the clues, but more at the structure itself and how it's held together and just trying to figure out maybe as much as he can about what might be beyond it. Is he also assessing the situation? <laughs> he might be. Um, yeah, you can totally do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Moonflower some more clues and stuff first. I just wanted to check if you guys were like touching anything that might mess up Moonflower's clue. 
<laughs> no, 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 Drew I... has not been touching any. <gasps> okay. <laughs> yeah, I think Gray? the boys decided to work together. Gray tried to start a fight. It didn't work. Drew actually was pretty sweet. And yeah, I mean, maybe just to cap off that moment, I can cut in and he'll just say, okay, well, I mean, if you're not the problem. Want to work together, man? And extend his hand. Yeah, let's do it. Eden calls over her shoulder. <laughs> she says, you don't have to actually be working to work together. The only one working right now is me. <laughs> She's not wrong. <laughs> How dare you say something so controversial yet brave? <laughs> <laughs> um, sweet. So they're working on themselves. The... That's what they're doing. <laughs> you are so right. They are working on themselves. I mean, uh, should be uh, maybe she should be learning from them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The the countdown has like already gotten down to like twenty five minutes though. So Oh yeah, I, I assume. Um. <laughs> so uh so yeah, as the boys are kind of like they have this moment and then they're like, Yeah, yeah, okay, cool, let's like work together and they start just kind of like looking around the room. Eden's just like at this desk, like flying through these letters really quickly. Um you sort of notice like uh, there's only really like a couple of different letters. Uh, a lot of them are sort of like, they're like copies. So it's sort of like to like pad out how many pieces of paper are there. So as you read really quickly, you're like, oh, this is the same one. This is the same one. This is the same one. Um, She's going to be them into piles based on that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so yeah, you've got, you've got the sort of like piles of, of, of all the different letters. Uh, and as you sort of like have them all laid out next to each other, each one starts with my melody or to my melody or my dearest melody. Whoever is writing these letters, obviously is writing it to someone called melody. And there are a couple of words on each of the distinct letters that are in almost like a different font or look like they've been written with a different handwriting. So I think that melody refers to the piano. I want, what are, what are these words that are bolded or look a little different? Yeah. So, um, as you have like laid them out next to each other, they've all got dates because they're, you know, letters. So you've put them in order of dates. Uh, and as you read all these kind of like different letters, it, um, it spells out where it says, uh, my melody hides her notes in all the places we have loved one another. So while Eden's chewing on that, (laughs) um, yeah. So what I think what Drew's been doing is uh yeah he's been uh i think he's been using his training from uh farsec to kind of analyze he's looking at like the the way it's put together and kind of like knocking on the walls trying to like hear what's on the other side what it sounds like if it's hollow if it's solid see if there's like water leaking through it she mentioned they were underwater he's just trying to confirm that Mm -hmm. um but yeah so um, I have a move that uh, when I'm acting on orders and relying on training, I can give. Man, do I actually want to do that? Hmm. I would have to give Farsec influence over me, though, and I don't want that. Mm. <laughs> I worked hard to get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> what can he? What can he ascertain just by like? Uh, yeah, I can just roll a normal assess the situation, I guess. Regular ass. Yeah, for sure. Go go ahead. Boom. That's a twelve. Yeah. That is oh, a, 12. a twelve. That's okay. a five and a six plus one. You both got twelves? Come on. Oh, what is like this? Except um, you only get to ask two questions. Yeah. <laughs> um I guess the biggest question is what here can I use to basically figure out where this structure is in the world. Like <laughs> how far out to sea are they? Yeah. How far <laughs> like are we deep underwater? Are we Yeah. Okay. Um are, so I are think... even just like our approximate location. 
approximately you're in a room. No. Um, Thanks, so- Kaylee. <laughs> So welcome. I think as Drew is sort of like walking around, because, you know, he's a soldier and he has been trained in balance and all that sort of stuff, he can he can probably feel that, you know, the structure you're in is definitely moving in what could be a ocean-like manner, you know, like it's there's a bit of wobbling. Um, there's a little bit of like if somebody gets seasick, they probably are right now. And uh, I think as well as that, uh, there's like that feeling in your ears when pressure has changed. You know, like you go in an aeroplane and your ears kind of block up a mm-hmm. bit. It mm-hmm. sort of sort of got that sort of a feeling. So you think like maybe she was telling the truth about you being uh, in a submarine. This isn't on the list, but uh, if I like, how much time has passed since I was, you know, last conscious at the party and when I wake up now? Mm -hmm. Look at my phone. Uh, Yeah. So um, I guess hmm, it hasn't been like that long. I don't think your phones are working. Like, I think you pull it out and it just won't turn on. Mm-hmm. You didn't mm-hmm. even have her phone on her. Sorry. There's no pockets uh, in a, the costume. No, there were no pockets. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think you, like, pull your phone out and you can't get it to turn on. I think uh, from, like, this is going to sound so strange, but, like, from, you know, the feeling that you have in your body, so, like, you know, I'm not starving, so obviously it hasn't been, you know, like, a very long time mm-hmm. since I ate, mm-hmm. you know, like, I am not um, extremely, you know, tired or well-rested. So, like, I I don't think it's been, like, a really, really, really long time. Um, so, yeah. you don't think it's been long since you were conscious at the party. Okay. Cool. And then I had one other question. Since my – if my phone isn't working, what about my Farset communicator? That's an interesting question. Would you have been wearing it? Absolutely. Okay. Um, what? How does it work? What does it work on? Uh, it's just does like it have a, a range. Little, um, it's just like a little earpiece that I mm-hmm. always wear on missions, which I am currently on a reconnaissance mission, technically. And so, yeah, I, it's just like a stand, like a like whatever Farsec would send in with their, you know, agents in the field mm-hmm. to work. I, I I guess I roll, would be surprised. Roll. I would Oops, be surprised sorry. if it wasn't working. I would think that would imply there was some sort of like intentional signal jamming rather than just no service. But that's kind of what yeah. I was asking. So can you roll a dice for me? And on an even, it is working, and on an odd, it's not working. Oh man! <laughs> it is odd. Okay. So it's not working. Awesome. Um, so there's a little bit of static, um, but you can't like you 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 know, nobody is responding to you when you try to talk cool. through it, sort of thing. Cool, cool, cool. Gray, what are you doing? Gray has pulled off Dark Fox's techno katana <laughs> and is fiddling oh, no. with it. <laughs> I forgot you had that for a second. <laughs> now. I know nothing about this item. Gray knows even less about this item. But, <laughs> but his thoughts are if money can't get him out, maybe he can phantom menace his way out. <laughs> For those unfamiliar, I'm talking about the Qui-Gon Jinn, Liam Neeson cutting through the blast doors with a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. 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 Michael, what does this sword do? I know it's a techno katana. I don't know what that means. Um, I always imagined it as like, yeah, like way bigger than like longer than a normal katana. Like you're like definitely compensating for something. And uh, someone's compensating for something. Definitely. Um, it's It's definitely not like a traditionally forged sword of any kind. I I always kind of imagined it as like almost like having like a 
like a plasma like fusion like just on the edge of it you know like in or like a the edge gets like superheated by like plasma or something i don't know gray finds as he's reaching or along the hill like a series of places he can make an impression Mm -hmm. um not necessarily buttons yeah there's definitely like a couple of different triggers and stuff that are inlaid into the handle so they don't like protrude obviously i think grayson finds one of these triggers activates it and if it's only along the blade maybe over near one of these walls kind of like with his tongue stuck out to the side trying to figure out the best way that he's going to approach to cut this um <laughs> with this obnoxiously long blade that he's not familiar with he's a fencer and that's the kind of blade he uses most often and it's not wielded the same way at all so um okay so if we're looking at the room from top down north on the compass is pointing to where eden is at the desk and behind that is like the map and stuff uh Mm -hmm. to the east there are bookshelves uh i know and then to the west is more bookshelves which wall are you at uh the western wall the western one okay sweet (laughs) yeah not and not like all bookshelves but there's like a couple of and there's you know there's some paintings and stuff on the wall as well and the uh the timer is also on the western wall uh sweet so are you going to try to like cut into it if no one stops him drew has noticed we're underwater (laughs) yeah yeah drew is definitely like once (laughs) Once he's noticed that Gray has figured out how to ignite the blade of the sword, um, and sees him kind of eyeing up a nearby wall, he's going to be like, are you seriously going to try and pull a a, a Quenjon Gin from Space Battles Volume 1, the spectral threat right now? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty good idea, right? <laughs> um, so he looks yeah. real hopeful. So, um, it's a did- good thought. <laughs> <laughs> I like where your head's at. I don't. <laughs> Although it is entirely impossible, we're underwater. How underwater? <laughs> uh, uh, considering we were just on a yacht in the middle of the bay, I would say quite. <laughs> okay, fine. And he goes to deactivate the trigger and I don't think it deactivates the same way and so he just kind of sets it on one of the shelves and says ah, whatever <laughs> Eden it's still the only one working here yes um, Eden would like to go examine the map yeah definitely her, her working theory is that <clears throat> the door is going to open when you play the right notes on the piano and she thinks the map indicates where the... So she thinks the remaining clues are going to give her the notes she needs to play on the piano and she wants to look at the next one on the map. Yeah, for sure. Um, So yeah, as you sort of like look up... Have you uh, done escape rooms before? (laughs) I have only done one and it was the most stressful experience of my life because we did it at a reunion and I was in there with all my like... with like three 12-year-old boys. Do not recommend. <laughs> Hopefully this one is less stressful, question mark. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, in one, the consequences boys. are literally life and death, and the other, I was in a room with three 12-year-old boys. <laughs> so about equally. Mm, okay, cool. 
yeah, so the um the map. It's a it's a map of the world, uh, and you do notice on close inspection that there are uh, some little music notes, uh, and they're sort of like dotted around in the places. How many music notes are there? <laughs> There's not that many. There's like uh, how many? Like uh, six. That can still lead to quite a few combinations. It's true. I'm gonna write them down though on my little <laughs> note paper what the notes are. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know music, so they're there. <laughs> Anything A to G is fine. <laughs> you have the you have the A to G's. You have the A to G's written down there. Uh and then yeah, are you gonna go to the piano or Yeah, I just still the need to figure A to G's. Out. Sorry. Side note, uh, the A to G's is the name of my new band. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Bee Gees. Exactly. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the, the Wonder World's <laughs> Bee Gees. The A to G's. The A to G's. Anyway, I apologize. Please continue with the actual story. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'm going to just try, like, I don't know what order these notes are supposed to be played in, but I'm going to start trying to play them. Yeah, sweet. Um, So do you, have you, has Eden ever played the piano before? Is Eden a, a musical girl? Ooh, Eden listens to a lot of music. She really likes music. I don't know when, that she would have ever learned to play the piano. I'm just wondering if she I'm knows. Like, to, I'm just sorry. I'm having this moment where I'm trying to figure out why I know which keys on the piano or which notes because I also do not play the piano, and yet I know where the A key is. <laughs> anyway, I'll I'll, I'll I'll unpack that later. <laughs> you can continue. Sorry. No, that's okay. I just yeah, I was just wondering if she does she know what notes to play or does she need help or. Because it's just a piano, like it doesn't have like. You know, I'm just gonna say she knows which key is which now. That also makes sense. Cool. Yeah, she she's she's pretty educated. Yeah, she went to a fancy school for a little bit. Um, <laughs> cool. In her first uh, what are, where are the boys? Well. Eden, Eden's just been like studiously looking at a map and then she just kind of like, you know, walks over to this piano and the boys are, what are you guys doing? After I've made sure that uh, Gray isn't going to cut a hole in the wall, Drew is uh, going to kind of look like he's just kind of like looking around at clues, but kind of casually walk over to Eden and with like in like a low voice or you know kind of whisper so gray can't hear um look uh i can't make contact with my uh friends um would uh did, does your friend know anything about this professor pirate lady i mean she's gonna start with uh well your friends suck anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is that is that what we're gonna do now we're gonna fight um, I'm gonna before I respond to that. I'm gonna roll in reading the files. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is a nine. Ooh. So on a hit, tell the team one important detail you've learned from your studies. The GM will tell you what, if anything, seems different. Do you want me to give you a an overview of what you might know about? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be helpful. That that's what I do a lot of times is like like this is, you know, kind of an overview of what you may have found and like yeah, you can add Yeah, and then you can just add a detail. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, so I think uh maybe a couple of months ago there was a an explosion at the university uh that would have been on Belladonna and Moonflower's radar. Basically like what kind of came of that was the sort of science one of the science buildings exploded and an experiment was like tampered with and 
from that, there hasn't really been a sighting of the person who caused and did that. Um, but you do know that there was uh, like some effects uh, on the person who did that, uh, that, yeah, could have led to some, some freaky shit happening. But yeah, so I think that is the the person that has become known as like Professor Pirate in the newspapers and things. Yeah, that's her. You sort of have a little bit of understanding of her origin story there. Okay. So Eden's still kind of plunking away at the keys. <laughs> oh, have you been plunking this whole time? Oh, yeah. She's oh. trying to I'll solve let, I'm gonna let, I'm going to let you finish that reading files, but the second you've plunked the keys, something happens. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then shit gonna happen. I just assumed it would matter what order <laughs> the notes in, and I didn't know, and there's six of them, so that's a, like, not small number of combination possibilities. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what did Drew just say to her? He, he asked if they were gonna fight. If, if basically asking if Belladonna knew anything about Professor Pirate. Well, she did not make tenure. She, before everything went south at the science lab, was posting some pretty controversial things in various academic forums online. I don't trust her. I, I, she's volatile. I mean, I don't think the, the fact that she trapped a bunch of kids in a submarine uh, we're doing a lot to hide the fact that she's a little, little out there, but I think it's, I think it's pretty bad. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, just for uh, for the for the readers and for and for Moonflower, she was a professor of of history as well. So her controversial takes were were some some historical thingies, and uh, yeah, she was very upset at some. Uh, budget cuts to her department, which is what led to the science building explosion. I feel like the tenure thing also would have... Uh... That also pissed her off, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a real slap in the face. In academia. It was a big slap in the face. Big, big slap in the face. And then uh, she got another slap in the face when she exploded something she did not bargain for. Uh, sweet. So, you guys have had that little chat uh, and haven't noticed that as Moonflower has been plunking away at the keys, there's been like a bit of a bit of mechanical noise happening in the ceiling. Potentially, Gray has noticed this because he's not involved in this conversation, unless Gray has been watching and laughing at these awkward people. He's certainly offended by Eden's playing of the piano. He is classically <laughs> trained. <laughs> Okay, maybe he hasn't noticed then. Maybe that maybe nobody has noticed but the readers uh, that the ceiling now it was just it was just a ceiling before, but right now there's like spikes in it, and they do appear to be lowering towards you guys at a steady pace. Well, someone should probably notice that Eden's busy playing the piano. <laughs> yeah, Eden's Eden's doing a job. Hey. So I know you don't know what you're doing over there, but your lack of skill might actually kill us. Look up. <laughs> Eden's going to look up and she's going to notice the spikes. <laughs> she's going to say, maybe you should try cutting them with your sword. Sort of ladder around here or something? Like, I, what, what do you mean? How am I supposed to that get up there? That was a serious like, suggestion. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. Well then, thanks. <laughs> By this point, he's rushing over to the piano and he's going to like just plop on the piano bench next to her and just reach over her to start playing Swan Lake, uh, the Enchanted Lake 20 um, to see if that helps the situation. (laughs) This is how it's done. Is this unleashing your... Powers. <laughs> Absolutely. 
I mean, this is within his skill set. He's a rich kid with martial True. prowess who's been classically trained. Like, I believe there, if there's anything expensive and ridiculous, he does it. Like, we won't make him roll for Swan Lake. So, uh, you, can sir, Lake. you stop playing Swan Lake. The spikes don't stop, but you do now have like a much more beautiful soundtrack with which to meet your doom. <laughs> So that's nice. It is very calming if you haven't heard Swan Lake. I'm sure you have. It appears often. Eden, Eden has definitely heard it and recognizes it. She's going to look at Drew and say, oh, he's playing you a song about birds. <laughs> um, <And> I- <laughs> Drew has been more actively studying the death trap above them and is becoming more and more worried. Uh, but at that, he, he does like pause and just like nice um <laughs> shit i hate it when you're right <laughs> uh, and um drew is going to remember his uh his farsec training on escaping dangerous supervillain uh death traps and snatch up the katana that that Gray has discarded, and he is going to try and basically use his like acrobatics and skills to uh, try and get like to up the wall and like to the side of the spikes and slash at whatever is lowering them and disable them. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, roll to unleash your powers, I guess. Yeah, um, and I am acting under my orders because my freak is zero. So I am giving influence back to Farsec. But wow, I also don't want to die. So I get to roll with Soldier instead. Ooh. Three and a six plus two is 11. Can you stop rolling high? I I'm gonna cannot, kill you guys. <laughs> I also cannot level up either. <laughs> I have no potential mark on <laughs> He's too good. All right, sweet. So describe uh, <laughs> uh, describe to us what that looks like on the panel as you disable this threat. Kind of badass, actually. I'm not gonna lie. Uh <laughs> Um, yeah so he does like this cool yeah like so yeah he's he's you know pretty acrobatic and stuff in addition to uh this training farsec has given him in analyzing weak points and you know load bearing braces and you know connections and uh stuff of that nature so yeah he i'm imagining yeah they're like on some sort of like plate or grate the spikes that's being pushed down from the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he's going to uh, like slash at the grate. So he, or the, the, whatever that is. Uh, so he can sneak up the wall above them and is just like dashing around, making very precise cuts at wherever these weak points and load bearing uh, stress points are to uh, like halt the, halt the descent of the, uh, the spiky bits yeah absolutely i think i think as as you sort of like hit the last one there's like a, a hissing like powering down a kind of mechanical like and uh and it just stops uh swan lake still kind of like beautifully <laughs> playing over the top. um also drew somehow very good at using dark fox's sword excuse me Anyway, uh, so yeah, I think uh, as you're sort of like catching your breath on top of this sort of like mechanism uh, that you've just stopped, uh, Gray is still playing Swan Lake, Moonflower, maybe like, oh, sorry, Eden, Eden's maybe like looking up uh, to see if she can sort of see uh, where Drew is in this kind of ceiling contraption. And then I think there's just this like click from the uh, like Eastern wall bookshelves and then a really excited oh i did it wonder world comics is an actual play podcast of masks a new generation by brennan conway 
This issue was jammed by Kaylee Newberry, who can be found on Twitter at Kaylee underscore Newberry. Moonflower is played by Kyra Nelson, who can be found on her Twitter at Kyra M. Nelson. Shrike is played by Michael Dunham, who can be found on his Twitter at Galvanic Man. The Vice is played by Justin Reed, who can be found on his Twitter at WWComicsStitch. Wonderworld Comics is produced by Michael Dunham, and it is edited by Michael Dunham and Justin Reed. The music is from Dvorak Symphony No. 9. Do you have questions or comments? You can get a hold of us on Twitter at WWComicsPodcast, or send us an email at WWComicsPodcast at gmail.com.